if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thanks so very much for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday. It is the the eighth morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program, we will have Congressman Jim Jordan as we do each and every Monday. That will be at 948. So we'll call it 40 minutes from right now. He has a lot to talk about, not just about the riots, the protests, the direction of the country, but specifically Rod Rosenstein testing for, testifying before a Senate committee uh, at the end of last week. And uh, Congressman Jordan is just nonplussed by what he had to say. Rosenstein and others uh, are essentially opening the door to what we all know as the radical wild witch hunt against President Trump with respect to the Mueller investigation over alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and the nation of Russia. So uh, Congressman Jordan's going to address all of that coming up at 948. If uh, I sound a little bit odd to you, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know where, but yes, a little laryngitis set in over the weekend, really mostly yesterday. It just kind of happened. So if I sound a little bit rough, apologies for that. We'll do our best uh, to get through it. I'm uh, going to start in the most obvious of places. The um, the Minneapolis Police Department has uh, essentially been abolished, or at least the pledge has been made by those who fund the department and those who oversee the running of the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota. They have pledged to defund and disband the police department as it is known. This is one of those things where um, I'm of two minds Um, The protective mind of mine, the instinct that I have toward decency and protection and serving uh, for the common good says you can't do that to the innocent law-abiding citizens of Minneapolis, Minnesota. They don't deserve to be victimized again and again and again and again by a criminal element in that city that will be operating with impunity without an actual police department. All right? With a threat of arrest and the threat of of trial and imprisonment, um, you know that's of course the only thing that keeps crime down to the extent that it is in any major area, whether it be an urban setting or a suburban setting. Right? Part of me says that protective part of me says don't do this to the people. But then there's the other half, and this is the dichotomy here. The other half of this is let it burn. The other half of me says. Let's watch this grand experiment 
and in all of its glory and let the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota serve as the warning sign. First the guinea pig, and then when the inevitable outcome happens, and it is inevitable that the city will burn, that homicides will spike, that violent crime will spike, that theft crimes will spike, that armed robbery will spike, that assaults will spike, that rapes will spike, that all of those things that we see on a semi-regular basis in especially large urban settings that already happen when there are police on the job patrolling and responding to 911 calls. If you don't think they are going to double, triple, quadruple, and beyond, uh, there really is no hope for you. Because that is exactly what is going to happen. And part of me wants to just say, let's sit back, grab a chair, grab a bucket of popcorn, and watch Minneapolis, the guinea pig for this non-policing, will have some community safety standards or community and, and what was it, social welfare practices in order to uh, make sure that everything everybody is okay. It, it Just let it burn. Because once every American city sees this American city tear itself apart in the worst manner that one can imagine, in, in what would be, if you were, if you were, I talked to, who did I talk to about this last week? Uh, I asked them if they ever saw, saw the movie The Purge. It was one of my guests, and I can't remember who it was, and they had not. But if you ever did see The Purge, it's basically a lawless society for one night a year. They have really strict crackdowns on things, I guess, 364 days a year. But then in order to allow the people to alleviate their stress and get rid of all of their base instincts and their, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, the tension that they may have from following the law, they allow them to do whatever they want for a day. And lawlessness prevails for a day. Police won't step in. Everybody is on their own. Most people try to block blockade their homes and shelter in place so that the criminals can't come in and get them, but nobody will stop them if they do, right? That's what this kind of looks like. And part of, like I said, part of what I, what I want is just for the lesson to be to learn one time. This is almost like herd immunity. When it comes to, for example, the, the ridiculous coronavirus, uh, the overrated, overstated, uh, and, uh, and thankfully underperforming when it comes to uh, the models that predicted all kinds of super high mortality rates. When it comes to that, you know, people say, you know what, it's, it's only deadly for 0.026% uh, of, uh, of the population uh, that get it. Uh, let's just all get it and get it over with. Build up the antibodies, that herd immunity mentality, right? And there's some arguments to be made there. But that's kind of what this is like. Let's just get, because for, for years and years and years and years, but especially since 2014, especially since uh, the Michael Brown case in Ferguson, Missouri, which, of course, was a giant, giant fake news narrative uh, told by the media about this gentle giant who was murdered in cold blood with his hands up, don't shoot uh, narrative in Ferguson, Missouri. It was all garbage. We know it because there were a billion different investigations, including those commissioned by the Brown family and Black Lives Matter. All of them proved the same thing. Uh, Darren Wilson was justified in what he did. But anyway, the point is, since that time, and really even before that, but really since that time, there have been cries of abolish the police, disband the police. It's even made its way into our Congress. And you hear people like uh, Jihad Omar, disband the police. You hear Alexandria Damasio-Cortez, disband the police, abolish the police. You hear it in Hollywood. 
You hear it from actors and actresses. Abolish the police. They're the ones who are doing the killing. All of this stuff, which is just fundamentally and re- entirely wrong. But we've heard, that, we've heard this. And we're going to continue to hear this until something happens. Until it just, they go for it. Herd immunity. Prove it once and for all. Let Minneapolis go cop-free for a week, 10 days, two weeks, a month, whatever the case might be. Probably the longer the better. And then no American city, no American elected official, heck, no American person would scream for the defunding of police again. Because in a matter of days, if they take all the police off the streets and tell the people of Minneapolis that there will be no police protection and there will be no police enforcement... There's only going to be community enforcement, which means you band together with the people in your neighborhood and and do what? Report crimes to whom? There is no police. Call 311 and get some advice from some clerk in City Hall instead of 911 they're talking about. You let this go on for a few days, let alone for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Never again will anybody call. They will be screaming, get the police back out here, which, by the way, They already do whenever the police are not around. And where? Primarily in African-American or other minority neighborhoods. No matter the city, no matter what large urban center you're talking about, whether it's on one of the coasts, whether it's up north, whether it's in the Midwest, doesn't matter. When police are less proactive and all reactive only responding to calls when they are made rather than patrolling in um, very high crime areas in the hopes of catching crimes in the act in the hopes of preventing crimes just by presence being there when they pull back and stop that homicides and violent crimes spike to astronomical levels. That's just when they're not being proactive. Can you imagine the spike if the police department is wiped out altogether? But that's what they want to do. Minneapolis left-leaning city council members announced yesterday a veto-proof push to disband the Minneapolis Police Department, ramping up a major conflict inside the city following the death of George Floyd, while in police custody, many activists custody many activists have been pushing for at least uh, at least for their cities to defund local police departments, a move many other analysts considered unrealistic. But the measure has been the main focus for people protesting against police brutality. Supporters of the move say, "quote We recognize we don't have all the answers about what a police-free future looks like, but our community does." We're committing to engaging with every willing community member in the city over the next year to identify what safety looks like to you. I'm sorry for chuckling, but look, the city of Minneapolis has been run for decades by liberal Democratic leadership, all right, in the mayor's office, in the city council, etc. This is who they are for generations. Minneapolis has been under Democratic control since 1978. Chicago, by comparison, has been under Democratic control for 89 years. Its present mayor is a black woman. Philadelphia had Democratic mayors for 68 straight years and ongoing. Three of its last five mayors have been black males. Six of the last seven Atlanta, Georgia mayoral administrations were led by black Democrat mayors. 
And this is where so much of the violence and so much of the crime is taking place. A city runs its police departments and other services. So if there's so much systemic racism in these organizations in these cities and in these violent cities, why hasn't it been corrected under Democrat leaders, particularly African-American Democrat leaders in so many of those cities? Why aren't these cities garden spots of racial tolerance and understanding and virtue and peace? And the answer is because they are run by Democrats and left-leaning councils for all of these decades and for all of these generations. Because they have no interest whatsoever in law and order, and they have no interest whatsoever in holding people accountable. They have interest in pandering to minority voters to get votes to keep their power. It's just that simple. This is not that complicated. Democrats run so many of the highest crime in, in the minority urban populations. Democrats run these cities, and they run them into the ground and are never held re- responsible. All of these things going on right now, liberal Democrats, look at all of the states, of these states and cities where all the violence is going on and all these protests for the last two weeks. What do 99% of them have in common? They're liberal, big city, Democrat-run cities where the violence is happening. And they do it over and over and over again. And what do they do then? What do the liberal mayors and the liberal leaders in those cities do then after the violence? They blame Trump. (laughs) They turn around and blame Donald Trump. It's Trump's fault. It's not ours. Well, who runs your police department? Well, uh, shut up. I mean, that's what they do. Seriously, you're a racist if you bring up facts. If you bring up facts and ask simple questions, where is your culpability in this? Liberal Democrat leadership in the city. You say you have a systemic racist problem in your police department. What have you done over the last 20, 30, 40 years that Democrats have been in power to fix it? Well, well, um, you don't understand. You see, what had happened was, um, shut up, racist. They have no answers. So my question for you this morning is this, 440 or excuse me, 216-901-0945. I felt like I was on a uh, customer service call and they were asking me for my phone number. I almost gave my cell phone number. Uh, 216-901-0945, Answer this question for me as we head into our first break. What would you rather see? Legit. Do you want to see Minneapolis, Minnesota come to its senses and say, no, of course we're not going to abolish the police department? We are going to work with training. We're going to work to make sure that the very, very rare circumstances, like the ones created by Derek Chauvin or Chauvin, uh, the officer who put his knee on the neck of George Floyd and killed him, that those things never happen. We're going to train better. We're going to make sure that everybody understands how to properly detain suspects, blah, blah, blah. Do you want them to just fix it, or do you want to see the purge? Do you want to see Minneapolis burn? Uh, and not literally, of course, but it will. You just want to see and let the let the criminals run rampant so that no American city ever says, let's get rid of the police again. I'm interested in your thoughts on that at 216 It's the Bob France Authority back after this. Okay, it's 926. Don't forget, Congressman Jim Jordan is going to be joining us 
at uh, in about 22 minutes at 948. And we're going to talk to him about all of these things, plus uh, what's going on on Capitol Hill, especially with respect to the ongoing investigation now uh, conducting some of it being conducted by the United States Senate committees, uh, including the judiciary over the uh, witch, witch hunt and the um, ridiculous, ridiculous decision by Rod Rosenstein to appoint Robert Mueller to investigate Donald Trump. All of this is starting to come out now. Rosenstein admitted that he never thought there was anything there. and He was pressured, essentially, to do what he did. So all of that coming up with Jordan. But for now, we'll go to the phones asking this question. With Minneapolis uh, vowing their city council, saying they have a veto-proof number of members of council to defund and abolish the police, and to try to reimagine and reconstruct some sort of safety protocols for the people of Minneapolis without a police force. Do you want to see them do that and thus watch the violent crime spike when nobody has any fear of being arrested or stopped? Or do you think they need to immediately cease and desist such a ridiculous idea and just retrain the police department, make sure that everybody knows exactly what can and cannot be done? Because the innocent people in Minneapolis, and of course there are thousands and thousands and thousands of them who do not want the police defunded, the innocents don't deserve to be uh, to be uh, sacrificed in the middle of this great guinea pig experiment. Let's go to the phones. Uh, we're going to go to Nate in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer First. Hi, Nate. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I think that they absolutely should uh, go ahead and defund the police. Um, let it luckily, burn. You know, I've been a police. You let it burn. Um, I've been in law enforcement for almost two decades. I remember when uh, after 9-11, everybody loved us. I remember after Ferguson, everybody started hating us. And it's been on ever since. <clears throat> That's right. And it's part of the uh, left-wing liberal virtue signaling where everything is the police's fault in order for the uh, for the liberals or the left wing to get what they want. And I think at this point is, okay. Get what you wish for. Are you uh, active? Are you active or retired law enforcement? I am active law enforcement. Okay, I won't ask you uh, to identify yourself in any way, except to ask you this: Are you aware? Because I talked to um, the former CPPA president Steve Loomis on a fairly regular basis, and he has told me this. And tell me if you've experienced the same thing. Any time you go out on patrol in um, the urban districts, in the you know high crime and minority uh, areas and neighborhoods of of the city of Cleveland and out in East Cleveland, too, you hear African-Americans begging for more of that. They don't want the police to be gone. They want the police to be there because when they're gone, they get victimized. The uh, The people in those neighborhoods get victimized. They want more patrol in their neighborhoods, not less, because they're the ones who feel the pain. Do you, do you find uh, the same thing? Uh, I do find the same thing, and I, and I don't think that this is, at this point is uh, it's an African-American thing or a white thing. You're, you're finding that the majority of the people who are demanding to defund the police are wealthy, elite, privileged white people who come from the suburbs, who grew up, you know, educated, unbelievably wealthy, to want for nothing, and they're the ones who are demanding defund the police when the average African American in the average uh, black community is begging for the police to come back into their communities. 
That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because, again, we all know, we've seen the studies. Violent crime spikes in every single city where there has been, particularly a controversial police-involved shooting or a police-involved altercation with a suspect, and then there's been an investigation or there's been a consent decree or any of these kinds of things. Uh, Police then become very, very hesitant to go into those areas and, and proactively patrol. And what happens? Crime spikes. Because when the police aren't around, opportunity arises, criminals go out and do what criminals do. And when the, and, and, and again, the sad fact of the matter is the vast majority of crime usually occurs within your own racial subgroup and whites, uh, victimize people in their own white neighborhoods and blacks victimize people in their own black neighborhoods. And the, and, and again, unfortunately, the vast majority of that, a much higher percentage of that does indeed happen in the black neighborhoods. And so black, vic- if black lives matter, we need cops in the neighborhoods, right? Uh, agreed. However, the people who are calling to defund the police are mostly white. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. The ones in the the, the minorities in most of the minority neighborhoods are saying, "Do not defund the police." In fact, increase the patrol around here because I'm tired of having my home broken into, or I'm tired of having this happen or that happen. Those virtual vir, virtue signaling white liberals are the ones you're right who are calling for an abolition of the police departments, and they think they're somehow helping, which of course they're not. Well, I'd love to see it burn. Give it a day. And then they'll be begging enough to come back. Great call. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Nate. Uh, that's Nate in Cleveland. we got more calls coming your way right after this. You know who Larry Elder is, obviously. And you know Thomas Sowell, and you know uh, Walter Williams, and you know uh, Candace Owens, and you know you know a, a, prom- a number of prominent African American conservatives who suffer the accusations of being race traitors, of being uh, Uncle Toms, of being coons, et cetera, et cetera, for not being down with the cause and believing the lies and the stereotypes and the allegations against police officers, etc., from Black Lives Matter. Add another name to this list. Terry Crews, a very popular actor and the host of America's Got Talent. Uh, Terry Kravlov, he's a great personality. I mean, seriously, there's none he's been in that I haven't liked, by the way. As an actor or, like I said, his engaging uh, persona on the, uh, on, as the host of uh, America's Got Talent, a show that I really do enjoy. I love Terry Crews. Terry Crews is the latest to suffer, to be called all of those names. Why? Because he dared to tweet over the weekend the following. Defeating white supremacy without white people creates black supremacy. Equality is the truth. Like it or not, we are all in this together. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. You would have thought that Terry Crews just, you know, killed somebody on the, uh, uh, you know, in, in downtown New York on Fifth. I mean, it, it, the the abuse that he is suffering for daring to say that the answer to white supremacy, which by the way doesn't exist, um, is to is not to create black supremacy. It's to create equality. Equality is the truth. He said, not one supremacy over the other. Like it or not, we are in this together. And oh my gracious, and he is just being dragged all across social media. Social media, by the way, I'm convinced more than ever, and I don't want to get off too much on a tangent here. I want to go to your calls. But social media is flat out Satan. I'm just telling you as it is. 
the creation of Twitter, and in particular, Instagram, much more so than Facebook, but particularly Twitter and Instagram, is just, it is destroying this country. Literally destroying this country. I want, I'm, this is not hyperbole. This is not overstatement and it's not overdramatization. And it's not overreactionary. I firmly believe that if Twitter had never been invented and if Instagram had never been invented, we would not have had riots for the last two weeks. You understand what I'm saying? The killing of George Floyd was, of course, horrendous, despicable, disgusting, inexcusable, and nobody has defended it. Not whites, not blacks. Nobody is saying George Floyd deserved to die. No. And nobody is saying that that bad cop isn't a bad cop. Nobody is saying that either. But if there was no social media, we would have seen that video on the news. People would be upset. They would talk about it in their neighborhoods. They would talk about it in their families. And they would talk about it at their places of business, maybe over the lunch table or around the water cooler. And they would be angry. They might even go out and protest. We saw pre-internet, pre-Twitter. We saw the Rodney King riots. There are some things that happen that do, but they they end up being very, very short-lived because we don't have everybody with a massive bullhorn screaming things to incite violence in communities everywhere. If you recall back in 1992, and if you recall the Rodney King situation, you didn't have burning and rioting in, in you know 200 major American cities the way you are now. And the reason why is it's become organized, and and the the um, Twitter function is not to just allow people to express themselves; it's to allow people to create and incite violence. And that's what it does. It is just a judgment zone. That's why Terry Crews can't tweet something without immediately his career not being impacted. Drew Brees, his career was impacted. I mean, Dabo Swinney, the head coach of the universe or of uh, Clemson University, uh, Dabo Swinney. Facing criticism over wearing a football matters shirt, which had nothing to do with the current events. It's a shirt he's had for months because he gave a speech on how football matters in the lives of young people. It's such an extraordinarily important, um, uh, you know, sport and learning lesson for young people everywhere. Football matters is a slogan used by the National Football Foundation, a nonprofit group, and they've used it for years, or not years, but at least months. I know that much. Long before what happened to George Floyd, and now it's pictures of this are being uh, spread all around social media, and now Dabo Swinney is being assaulted as being a racist because they think he's mocking Black Lives Matters by saying football matters. Social media is straight up Satan. I, I'm not, I'm not overstating that. It ruins lives, it destroys lives, and it creates more chaos. It causes violence. It causes fights. It causes attacks and assaults. It's horrible. It shouldn't exist. Now, I won't call for its abolition because I'm a believer in free speech. And this is all about free speech. But it's dangerous speech on social media. It causes these kinds of things. Careers are ruined. Lives are ruined. Businesses are destroyed because of social media and the need for some instigators or insiders the need for them to the influencers to try to generate support for their cause or support or generate um, 
anger and resentment towards somebody else's cause by getting thousands of people to follow them and retweet this and retweet this and suddenly everybody. And now we have elected officials making decisions based on what Twitter says. It is so evil. It is so satanic. Abolish the police, which is now the rallying cry for Black Lives Matter, is also trending on Twitter and has been for the last 72 to 96 hours. And it's what has led Minneapolis's city council to do this, and it is what has led other city councils to consider similar legislation to abolish and defund police. Brooke Park, Ron, on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Ron, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob, how you doing this morning? Good, Ron. I want to see them abolish their police department. You know, my father used to have a saying, you can't tell people anything, you have to show them. And when they see what life will be like, they're going to be like George Bailey in that wonder, in that movie, A Wonderful Life, where he gets that opportunity to see yeah. what life would be without him. Okay, they're going to get a yeah. chance to see what life is going to be without a police department. And I'll tell you another thing, too, Bob, nobody's taken into consideration an ancillary problem that goes along with that. What's you that? watch housing prices go down the tubes to nothing, and you watch their schools suffer because they won't have the property taxes. Whatever the housing goes for in that city, and I don't know, when they find out there's no police department there to protect them, who in their right mind is going to buy a house in that city? And, and the four people that are there now, if they don't get out now, if they pass this ridiculous legislation to get rid of their police department, if they don't sell their houses now, and I mean like today, they're going to be stuck with them. You're 100% right. They're not going to be able to get rid of them. People people are not going to be able to sell their houses. People are, may just abandon them, particularly poor people, if there's not a lot of value there anyway. They may just say, I'm getting out of Dodge. i got to go somewhere else because I can't live here where I know uh, my house and my home and my purse and my family are going to be targeted because we've seen it before. Thanks for the call, Ron, uh, because okay. we've seen it before time and time again. Violent crime spikes in areas where policing is less present. You will erase the police completely from Minneapolis. And yes, people are going to be fleeing their homes. They, even if they can't sell them, they're just going to be getting out and abandoning them and letting the, the bank foreclose on them and just starting over again somewhere else. I firmly, firmly believe that. All right, we're going to get a quick time out here because we've got Congressman Jordan waiting on the other side. Stay here if you're on hold because you'll be my next calls right after we talk to the congressman on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 948, we continue now on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again for being with us. Let's uh, welcome back to the program our regular Monday guest. He is Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative. That makes him my congressman, which I'm very happy about. I just wish there were a lot more of him. Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Congressman. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? I'm good. A uh, lot, lot of ground to cover here. Uh, some of yeah. it having to do with the uh, social unrest, which is code for rioting and ridiculous uh, reactions to a terrible mm-hmm. situation. But a lot going on on Capitol Hill, too. I want to get to all of it with you. And in fact, let's get that out of the way first, if that's okay with you, mm-hmm. Congressman. Sure. Because um, sure. I saw you on with Judge, Judge uh, Janine and, uh, and given a very yeah. nice summary of what wa- happened with the uh, Rod Rosenstein testimony uh, the, at the end of last week. And um, I, I was stunned to listen to him essentially admit yep. that there he knew that there was nothing there as it pertains to the Trump right. collusion allegations, but he refused to stand up to Comey and, and to those that demanded a special prosecutor, so he gave him one. And this is astounding yeah. to hear him say, yeah, I knew it. 
the, the, the number two guy at the Justice Department, and at the time, the acting attorney general, the top law enforcement individual in our country relative to that issue, and he caves to the pressure. Remember, you go back to 2017 and, and understand what the, what the environment was like. All the Democrats were against the president, and of course that hasn't changed. Everyone in the mainstream press was against the president. But there was a whole bunch of, pre- uh, of Republicans who wanted the special counsel as well. So Rod Rosenstein does the easy thing. He says, okay, I'll name the special counsel, even though he knew at the time there was nothing there. There was no predicate for the investigation into President Trump, any linkage with him and his campaign and Russia to influence the election. Nothing, and yet he did it. Um, that's what's frustrating. And, and he, found he signed the FISA. He named the special prosecutor. He expanded the scope, and he's a top law enforcement official in the country, and he knows there's nothing there. That's scary. So what's even scarier to me, Congressman Jordan, is the fact that he's able to just sit here in freedom and without fear of investigation or prosecution and admitting that he literally lit the flame or lit the fuse, maybe rather, of of that explosive two and a half year Mueller investigation, which turned the presidency upside down, which which rank, uh, you know, had a terrible impact on the rest of the country. He did this and he sits there with impunity. That's what I mean. How do we stop that from happening again when people say Rosenstein admitted he knew nothing was there but acted anyway? Yeah, $30 million investigation, 19 oh. lawyers, 40 FBI agents, a whole host of subpoenas, and three and a half years of putting the country through what, what we went through. And, and the Mueller investigation was two years of that. Um, the only way you got to hold people accountable is you got to put you got to indict someone. And let, let's, let's, let's hope that happens. I've been saying now for the last six weeks that I think they need to give Jim Comey a new look. Um, you, the things we've learned about Michael Flynn, Comey is the, is the key ingredient. He's the guy who was who was in the Obama administration. He's the guy who was going to move to the Trump administration. He's the guy who was going to protect. He was the real insurance policy because he would protect the the, uh, the 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 information and the wrongdoing that took place. He was going to make sure that didn't come out. And then when when he gets fired, he says, "Well, only thing I can do now to make sure that it, that information doesn't come out is push for a special counsel," which is exactly what he did when he leaked yeah. his memos and Ron Rosenstein went for it and named the special counsel. So they figured if they get two years down the road, that nothing will happen, and it looks like they may that that may in fact be true, which is which is unfortunate. But the good news is, and we keep saying this, at least Attorney General uh, Bill Barr is has put someone to look uh, look at this whole thing and investigate it all, and that's John Durham. And I've been impressed with Bill Barr. We'll see what John Durham comes back Well, so have I, uh, Congressman. But here's the thing. You know, the old cliche is justice delayed is justice denied. Um, There's only five months left of the Trump presidency. If Joe Biden wins, Bill Barr is gone. And anything that he started, any order, the investigations he started are going to be just completely canceled by the incoming attorney general, the liberal, whatever liberal that uh, Joe Biden is going to put in place there. So I think this is what I fear. And I think millions of Americans fear that they got away with it because Durham's not going to do anything that can lead to anything tangible in the next five months. And again, as soon as Trump's presidency is over, if that's what happens in November, uh, they, they, they are, well, everybody who did it is on is, you know, is smooth sailing. Right. And, and look, we, we all have an uneasy feeling about the, that, that, that no one's going to be held accountable. Uh, the good news is I do not think Joe Biden's going to be the next president. I think the next president is going to be the current president. I think it's going to be uh, Donald Trump's going to get reelected. I think he's going to get reelected in a big way. So uh, CNN poll is, today is Trump minus 14, FYI. Yeah, I, I, you know what, Bob, you know this. We saw this all in six. I know, I know. Uh, you know Ohio. You know Ohio. You talk to you talk to your listeners every single day. You know Ohio. There is no way Joe Biden's winning Ohio. We, you can just feel it. There, it's not going to happen. So I think Donald Trump is going to be the president. I don't care what the polls say. The polls don't reflect public opinion. The polls are out there designed to push public opinion uh, when when they come from 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 so many of the mainstream uh, outlets. So uh, I feel like President Trump is going to win. 
And then let's just hope that when, when John Durham comes back with his investigation, and remember, Bill Barr told us a few months ago that it was supposed to happen this summer. Well, we're in the summer now, so yep. let's, let's, let's hope let's that get it's it going. going to be sometime here in the next six, eight weeks where we, uh, where we get a, uh, some kind of conclusion and some kind of recommendation from Mr. Durham. Your words to God's ears, and I mean that literally because we're going to have to pray for President Trump to win re-election in order for justice to happen here. One other thought, one other name in, that, in, that, uh, in the middle of all of that, one of uh, a number of other names, but... Did you notice what happened over the weekend? There was a tweet from one Lisa Page of the Peter Strzok, Lisa Page Lovers uh, edition. Uh, a tweet from Lisa Page announcing her new job. She is an MSNBC national security and legal analyst, which I've got a problem with because what does she know about national security and what does she know about the law considering her actions in trying to undermine uh, a duly elected president? Yeah, you can't make this. You, you can't make it up. I mean, what's next? Peter Strzok's going to go to CNN and join Clapper and McCabe. I mean, <laughs> you think about the, the cabal at the top of the FBI, uh, and this is sad fact right now. But you got uh, uh, you got uh, Comey who was fired, McCabe who was fired and was under investigation by the Justice Department, Jim Baker, the FBI counsel who had to leave and was under investigation by the Justice Department, Peter Strzok who was fired, kicked off the Mueller investigation, fired from the FBI, and Lisa Page. Who, who left the Mueller investigation and had to leave the FBI. The top five people who ran the biggest investigations in our lifetime, the Clinton investigation and the Trump-Russia investigation, and they're all making tons of money because the left celebrates these people, even though that, as Bill Barr said, there was a complete failure of leadership at the upper echelon, those five people at the FBI. That, that, is, that is, you know, Bob, we, we talk all the time, we live in the greatest country ever, but that is a sad thing that, that we, got, we got some of the press who think that you reward people like that who did the things they did. Uh, you completely agree. We're talking with Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. Let's pivot now. You talk about this being the greatest country that ever existed. Um, how much longer it can remain so uh, is is the question. It is it is splitting at the seams. We know that racial division has been an issue. Of course, we took major, major strides toward ending that with the passage of the Civil Rights Act against, you know, much to the dismay of Democrats who tried to stop that. Uh, but here we are. Barack Obama's eight years, I think, were among the most racially divisive in history. Uh, he intentionally did so. And now, of course, uh, we see what's happening in the wake of the George Floyd situation. Um, yeah. Black Lives Matter's new mantra has not just been Black Lives Matter. It's defund police, defund police, yeah. abolish the police. You're even hearing it from some of your Democrat colleagues in Capitol Hill. Ocasio-Cortez, uh, uh, Omar and others have said the same thing. And now here we go. Minneapolis City Council says we have a veto-proof number of councilmen who are going to vote to defund and abolish police as we know it. We're going to, yeah. What what do you think is going to be the outcome of that uh, little petri dish? Well, let's hope it doesn't happen. I mean, there, there was a there was a I think this morning, um, a <clears throat> reporter on CNN asked one of the city council members of Minneapolis a question. Well, what happens in the middle of the night if if I call the police and there's no police to come? You know, and I got something happening at my home. And you should have, the, the city council person stammered and stuttered and didn't have an answer. And you, and you know why she didn't have an answer? Because there is no answer. You, you, the idea that we're going to defund police, how, how, does that, how does that help the situation? We need a discussion about, and, and we need justice for the family of Mr. Floyd. And, 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 but, 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 but defunding the police and, and having the rioting and looting and violence going on, is, that is not the answer. Um, it, it is just sad to see some of these policy ideas that are being put forward, especially this idea that we're going to somehow defund the police. The vast, vast, vast majority of, of law enforcement officers are great people who bust their tail to help our communities every single day. And the few bad apples need to be, need to be uh, dealt with, 
and we're going to work on trying to work on some policies that that you know talk about transparency of what's happening in police departments, uh, training the proper kind of training for for uh, law enforcement, and when when you find a bad apple, they should be terminated before something terrible happens like happened in Minneapolis. That's fine. That's what we should focus on. But this idea you're going to defund the police is just ridiculous. Give me your thoughts on this, Congressman. I've been making a little bit of an analogy this morning to herd immunity with COVID-19, and that is, you know what, a lot of people are saying, just go out there and let people get it. It'll be a little bit of pain for a short period of time, but then you're going to have the antibodies, and then you know, and we're all going to have the antibodies, and we're not going to be having to deal with this anymore. That's kind of the, the belief, is if you just go through that little bit of, you know, whatever the length of time is that you're going to be sick, you're going to be better in the long run, and we all are. Some people are suggesting, and this is what I've actually had, you know, I'm kind of of two minds about this. Let's let Minneapolis do it. Let them do it. The short-term pain of the suffering that they will endure for a week or 10 days or two weeks or a month of no police, watching the violence spike, watching the crime spike, no American city will ever again consider, nobody will ever again chant yeah. defund the police if we see it happen one time and we see the outcome of it. No, I would. I mean, I would. I would hate to see that, Bob. Just just because the, there's the, the 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 crime, the loss of life, the damage to property. Um, I mean, you, you would you'll probably have people lose their lives when when there aren't police around to to help in in, in neighborhoods and and keep bad guys from doing bad. Not things. probably so, a guarantee. I, there's no doubt about it. It happens yeah, know, every time police pull back because of a an investigation or a consent decree. They always pull back. Right. When they pull back, violent crime well, and homicides spike, especially in. And this is the 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 the, the, the amazing part about this is, is you know it's Black Lives Matter that is driving this movement, and it's usually Black Lives. A massive number of black yeah. lives that become homicide victims whenever police aren't around. Right, and that's why I just I just hope it doesn't happen because the, the loss of, of the, the just the crime and the loss of innocent life is is it, you, you just hope you don't have that that doesn't happen and that that common sense will prevail and and Minneapolis and other cities do not travel down this this path. Um, that's and, and and I know the 330 million people who live in this great country. The vast, vast, vast majority of them understand how ridiculous that idea is. Uh, that, that's being well, even the liberal mayor, even yeah. the liberal mayor of Minneapolis uh, understands what you're saying, you know, because he said, no, I am not for this at this big giant protest rally. And they booed him out of the place. The people of Minneapolis yeah. seem to want this, I or know, at I least thought. the thousands that are protesting. And, and the other thing is, if, if, if Minneapolis, does, uh, if that was, if that happened in Minneapolis and the harm that would, would happen to individuals would be, would be so terrible. But you know what the mainstream press would do? They'd just blame, blame President Trump, even though he had nothing to do with the decision. To They're already doing it. Police. Yeah, that, so it's like, that's how, that's how ridiculous this, this gets. Let's focus on common sense. Let's focus on solutions. Let's have the debate. Let's understand we live in the greatest country ever. We're not perfect. I mean, but we're still the best thing going, and let's 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 work through this like we've worked through other big problems in our nation's history um, over the past two hundred plus years. So let let's let's keep that mindset. And 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 again, I'm convinced that's where the vast majority of the American people are, because they the vast majority of the American people have common sense and they understand how great this nation is, even though we've had problems and we're not perfect. No one is, no country is, but they understand the history of a, of our of our country and what it means to have goals and dreams and chase them down and make them happen. Let's let's mm -hmm. let's keep focused on that. Here's the best comparison I can come up with. Uh, have you ever known any bad teachers? Oh, yeah. yeah, I have too. There have been some terrible teachers. They, they they don't know their stuff, or they don't care, or they're you know they're abusive to their kids, or whatever it is. Have you ever heard anybody calling for the abolishment of education, the closure of all schools because of the actions of a few bad teachers? Because yep. that's what they're doing nope. with police it's, here. Yeah, 
And you know what else you remember? Think about when your time in school. Next to your mom and dad, the people who have probably impacted your life the most are the good teachers and the good coaches you had along the way. Amen. And you, you, you can't pay them people enough for the great job they do, and there are so many more of them than there are the bad ones. And you're exactly right, Bob. That same phenomenon exists in every other profession, including law enforcement, where right there on. are so many good police officers who care about helping their community. Amen to that. Congressman Jordan, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, sir. You bet. Take care. 1001, let's get news and come right back. Hour number two is open, so it's free for all. Monday on AM 1420, The Answer.